tonight on Rogue Padron. HS plus LO equals true love. Five ever. Pronto, Ronto, big trouble. Pronto, Ronto. I'm so glad we're at the point where we can talk about Pronto, Ronto. It's been good. Uh, Captain Daddy has the bridge and the Republic Futures program, which I hate the sound of. Brought to you by Powerade. Brought to you by Powerade. (laughs) This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six standing by. Rogue Seven standing by. Rogue 9, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Welcome to season 25, mission four. Yep, full mission four, episode 189 of Rogue Padron. I'm sure you missed us and we're back. And tonight we are still continuing with The Princess and the Scoundrel, chapters 19 through 24. But before we jump into those, I don't know why now I'm talking like I'm on NPR. Before we jump into those, I'm really into it and I hope you can maintain it. Reminder of your hosts. I'm trying something new. <laughs> Thanks, Meg. I think it sounds really great. And I think our listeners will appreciate these new dulcet tones that we've brought to the podcast. A nice I really don't think they will. <laughs> from the usual. I've My voice has been called a waves. lot of things, but NPR-like is not one of them. Well, um, I, listen, when we do the Padrelorian, I'm still the only one who does, does the country Western accent. So it's just a thing for me, I guess. Um, how many how many days into your engagement with Maya are you now? Because <laughs> I feel like this is a this is a marker of that. We listened to NPR and it was insufferable. <laughs> um, <laughs> if Danny Rogue Six was a fun fact I learned on my recent birthday trip to Rhode Island, they would be coffee milk because it's both exactly what it sounds like, but also isn't at all coffee milk. <laughs> Surprise! That's me. I'm exactly a Danny, and also, what the fuck is a Danny? What's a Danny? <laughs> so, there's so many layers to a Danny, you couldn't possibly. It's true. How could you know? Um, yeah. Ash, Rogue Nine, would be the fact that Hocus Pocus 2 was filmed all around Providence, Rhode Island, including inside the dingiest Walgreens, because <laughs> their town is also named after a TV show. <laughs> You don't have to say what it is. Do not give away your location. To no, 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 I'm not. It's an extremely <laughs> small town. People could find me, yes. but I'm not. But fun fact. What's it like living in Andor, Pennsylvania, Ash? <laughs> right. Real beautiful rings views. Of, rings a, of power, a, Wyoming. There's a great school system. There's okay. a great school system here in the Mandalorian, Texas. <laughs> we did drive by a Riverdale, Connecticut, and I was like, Mm. Is that the Riverdale? 
Heath Rug 3 would be the billboard for Fear Farm Haunted House that says at the bottom, scarier than Factory of Terror, because that's just so fucking petty and personal. <laughs> the bottom I need of the a, billboard. I need a, it's I need a really specific. <laughs> I need a TV show about the the inter-haunted house drama in a small I do. Like, real community. real haunted housewives of the new eastern seaboard <laughs> real haunted housewives of the eastern seaboard of, of real, real haunted housewives of new england i went to a, ha- a haunted house i went to a haunted house one time and accidentally elbowed somebody in the face and then i decided haunted house is not for me <laughs> but friends Fear Farm Haunted House is apparently way scarier than Factory of Terror. <laughs> it says so on the sign. It couldn't possibly be wrong. And Seth, Rogue Seven, who might join us tonight, we don't really know, uh, would be the cute little eatery called Meg's Aussie Bar uh, because it's owned by an Australian and there are way too many decorations. And they just came up to me and were like, oh, do you like eels? <laughs> because my team is the eels and then gave me no other relevant information about what sport it was but it's rugby eclectic direct very confusing about the things that they're saying they were like and a big big fan of meg my favorite part was they're like oh yeah the eels made it to like the the finals that's like our super bowl and i was like what sport is this It's rugby. Um, and they lost, but they made it to the rugby Super Bowl. So they love rugby in Australia. Yeah. And I'm Meg, rug leader. And I would be the fact that the ocean is filled with so many translucent shrimps. And so if you go inside the ocean and you think you're being haunted by a ghost, it's really just shrimp. <laughs> Real haunted shrimp arrives of the Eastern Seashore. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very fun fact at the little aquarium I went to, which was amazing. Um, the the volunteer who was showing us around the crab tank and then also a di- like other other tanks um, was like, do you see all of these translucent shrimps in there? And like they are very translucent, but they are like, you know, a good inch or more long. So they're real shrimp sized. Um, but they were like, she was just like, look at how many shrimp are just in this tank. Imagine how many there are in the ocean. (laughs) She was just really insistent. Don't go in the ocean. It's full of shrimp. They're going to be shrimp on you. Yes, Danny. What's the threshold for shrimp size? Like, so one inch, like very definitively falls within shrimp size. But when does something become too large to be shrimp size or too small? Um, It depends. there's I like assume once it hits shrimp. lobster, it's no longer a shrimp. <laughs> yeah, like a man, a man, I feel like the mantis shrimp is really the top end, um, which I think can get up to like being a foot long. How um, long is a mantis shrimp? I have one tattooed. Two to seven inches. Well, that's too big inches. for a shrimp. Um, mm-hmm. They also have a punch as powerful that they can break glass when they are fully grown. Oh, same. Mm. not not same <laughs> i really stress the shrimp more than... <laughs> and i you know i already said it that was their host interest we're done with those speaking of someone who has a punch <laughs> powerful enough to break glass i have a question about star wars Ooh. so and slash or are we watching it what are our thoughts oh yeah we haven't podcasted since the show started yeah, yeah. 
um, I have been watching Andor and it I'm really enjoying it still doing um, the NPR voice oh my god yes I really enjoy how the episodes end really suddenly and with absolutely no kind of cliffhanger <laughs> like no action or dramatic it really just ends it's like um, me in a zoom call yeah and I hey I, I really enjoy that because it it feels like tv it feels like I'm watching a tv show uh, which I think that a lot of the other shows have lacked so I'm really enjoying that um I am hating Mon Mothma's husband. Uh, I think that might be my nemesis. <laughs> my hatred of Mon Mothma has now ma- migrated to Mon Mothma's husband. <laughs> he, he sucks. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of hateable characters on this show, but he might be, might be like the he's top the, of the worst. List. Yeah. He's yeah, he's actively the worst. And I I am getting the most Schadenfreude from that little security bitch having to go back home and fucking cop and yeah eat eat tricks with his mother yes the cop that's turned into everyone's uwu sad boy he is not an uwu sad boy who could have seen that coming (laughs) oh we've been on this merry-go-round before we oh so many times he's not even hot like what the fuck twitter i don't (laughs) and that's that's why that's why it feels good for me because like I not being a cop, but like I have dated several men who are this self-important about themselves and thought they were meant for great things. And ooh, it's never a good situation to be hoisted upon their own petard makes me feel so good. This is the same reason why I watch the Lula Rich uh, documentary often is because man, do I love seeing white people get theirs? <laughs> I really, so I loved Cassian before. I mean, Rogue One's my favorite Star Wars movie. I really love Cassian Andor. <laughs> There's just something about his character that's really different from other Star Wars characters that we'd seen before. Um, like, if, even from his introductory scene in Rogue One where he kills a dude, that's immediately like, oh, this isn't Luke Skywalker, <laughs> you know? Um, and there's something really interesting about a show about the guy who does all the 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 quote unquote dirty parts of the rebellion that like Luke and Han and Leia would never, you know, get themselves involved in. Um, I did find it really weird that people were freaking out that he killed somebody in the first episode. One watch Rogue One. <laughs> One. They I hate to tell you how the show ends, it. y'all. They were cops. They deserved they were, it. They were shaking him down, and they would have happily killed him in reverse so what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck don't feel bad for them don't also feel bad for them. if you thought you were watching a show with a lawful good protagonist you did not watch rogue one no at this point casting isn't even really on the good scale right <laughs> no he's firm neutral he's he's, yeah. like a firm, he's a firm lawful neutral at this yeah. point like right now neutral neutral at best he doesn't become on the good the whole point is he doesn't become like on the good scale to like the end of rogue one He's doing shitty things and then Jin changes him. That's the whole point. Well, they both change each other, but that's the whole point of the goddamn movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I think my favorite thing about the show is just how kind of sprawling it is. Like, I've, I've really been wanting a show that was just like lots of characters, lots of stories that are kind of intersecting, but also just like really slice of life. And, you know, besides Bud Mothma, who we knew about from the get-go, essentially, like 
I has there been a single cameo or like winking character? There was some stuff in the background of Stellan Skarsgård's museum. Thing. Yes, there were like holocons like, sure. and stuff. There was like uh, a Star Killer helmet from Force Unleashed. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, I think I like some, stuff like that though because that's just like yeah, you're in the same universe. That, there was that some world, real. There was some real, world like, between Easter worlds egg. things, which I thought great. was fucking hilarious. If it's, if it's because, just gonna stick there as like a thing that is in yeah, the background, great. It, it was like a ta- <laughs> it was like some stone tablets from the world between worlds, and immediately people oh, were sure, speculating. Yeah. It's like, what if they pulled Jin and Cassian out of the end of Rogue One? I'm like, they're not gonna fucking do that. <laughs> No, we all remember what Ahsoka Tano walked out of the world between worlds with the stone tablets and declared that there are now ten commandments that all of the Jedi must follow. Oh, that's gonna happen are those at some the point. Golden isn't plates. Ahsoka <laughs> <laughs> Tano and the golden plates. <laughs> the Book of Tano. Let my Jedi go. Oh, I I uh, think we need to move on after <laughs> we do not talk about Ahsoka anymore. Andrew is really good. <laughs> yeah, I I'm loving it. I I honestly like don't really remember many of the characters names but I'm loving all of them like the whole little crew they've got together just like yeah. there's been a lot of really great like little moments with them that just like help you get to know them and their motivation for being there and yeah I just and- it's gonna hurt when at least one of them doesn't make it I oh think. I, they're all not that that entire Cassian, crew Cassian is the only one who's gonna yeah. survive out of that mission right yeah. now I'm gonna Probably. say people are getting attached to the like cute like revolutionary boy Nemec. Like, yeah guaranteed he's a spy or gonna die or both you know Nemec's gonna die Nemec's yeah. because he's a true believer he will die um I yes and I think the fun thing about the characters is that I feel like there's just because like what Danny said, that there's so many things going on is that these really are very different kinds of characters. Whereas I feel more with like the Mandalorian or with the book of Boba Fett, like we saw such archetypes of characters and all kind of within what you would expect of the little universe. But like, we're going here to Coruscant to see like the political side of things. And we're going, you know, on this little mission. And I love Cassian's mom and B2 Emo, B2 Emos. B2 Emo. I love B2 Emo. I, and um, I, I love, I mean, it's just such a simple thing, but like, it, I feel like this show is, is like exploring socioeconomic mm-hmm. issues without like being on the nose about it, but just that like, he has this droid that's broken and needs to recharge its memory to get a sentence out from time to time. And that's just like such a real thing of like, not everyone has a C-3PO. Like, right. And like, C-3PO especially- is a very expensive droid. Especially like the, on the that Ferrari of droids on that planet, right? Like everybody is working, mm-hmm. right? Like it's very, very working class, and they're still subjugated by like this private security company. Um, but still and showing like the solidarity of the people. Yeah, the, who live the there. actual community yeah. organization. I love. I, I think I saw a tweet something to the illusion of that, like. Disney Plus like basically showed a working class revolution on their show and probably didn't even realize that's what they were doing. <laughs> it's good. But that was such a good, like that whole sequence where they really were clanging good. and clanging and, and sort of like showing them all like how they had each other's backs. And then when it went silent, oh man. Oh. Fucking Tim making it, ruining it for everybody. Tim, yeah. Tim and yeah. Deborah have really come through. Um, I feel like for Star Wars uh, TV shows. <laughs> Tim, wait, you're talking about two different Tims. Oh, sorry, different Tims. Oh, I hate Tim. I hate fucking. Yeah, you're talking about Tim, and you're talking oh. about Tim. 
I fucking hate Tim with two M's. <laughs> fucking yeah. narc. The worst. The I worst. think what's really interesting is I think yeah. Cassian is the character that people thought Din Djurin was going to be. Mm. It's like kind of more, more, more like I think everybody thought at the beginning of the Mandalorian is not morally gray. That he Those was showrunners couldn't do a morally gray character. No, I know. I think people thought that he was going to be like this morally gray kind of on the edge protagonist. And then he ended up being just like a really nice guy who's a father. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of interesting. But I like Cassian a lot. Yeah. And it it's I'm curious to see what's going to happen with his family because we know how his story ends. So I'm like, mm-hmm. does he leave his mother behind? I mean, he already has. Is I mean, I know, but does he like die and she just never sees him again? Or does I mean, I'm calling it now. The last episode of season two is going to be something along the lines of like all the other characters like hearing about what happens to him and his sacrifice, and us like mm. just getting all the freaking feels. <laughs> like basically, Rogue One from all the other characters' perspectives, essentially. Oh, that sounds devastating. Doesn't, doesn't that sound just like <laughs> such a good? Like in, the, like, in the, like in the Rogue One novelization where yes. Mon Mothma talks about oh. how Jin, Jin burned really bright mm-hmm. and she could have had a really good future, but... Yeah, like that. We'll get to see that on screen. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be awesome. I can't oh, remember who said nice. this, but Rogue One is so good because it's like you're watching these characters who are fighting for a future that they're never going to get to see. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Rogue One the other night and was devastated. We oh. love to hurt. We love to hurt. Here on Rogue Patron, we love to hurt. It also very much, even though Jin is not in the show, very much got me back on my Jin and Cassian bullshit. So yes. there's one thing. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And I, I'm really excited to see more and how this plays out and then think about it in probably comparison to Rebel Rising, uh, which is Jin's book. I just had an amazing revelation. What's your amazing oh. revelation? You're all going to kick me off this podcast. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, if, you ship, if you ship Cassian and Jin and use their last names... It you become an and or so shipper. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. It's been a good run. I hate how clever that is. Mm-hmm. I really want to hate it, but I can't. But it's perfect, but it's also perfect. And or so, like, oh God. Danny made me physically get up and go out of my room. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's how that made me feel. But it's great. It's very beautiful. It's like poetry. Don't. It has conjunctions. <laughs> Don't. Don't. <laughs> conjunction, junction. <laughs> what's your function? Good lord. Um. Anyway, so let's just jump into the princess and the scoundrel. In chapter nineteen, we are still playing Sabak for some reason, and Han has already gambled more than he wanted on the first night, but licks unfortunate name, is very good at Sabak and probably isn't even cheating. Wild. Han even thinks that he should go because he has his whole princess wife waiting and instead he's there with these people. Han takes a quick lap around the engineering room and carves his and Leia's initials into one of the pipes <sighs> for some reason because Han is 70 years old. He's it's a the dork. kind of thing yeah, you kind of think that like would be super romantic to do on your honeymoon if your partner was there. <laughs> right. If you were leading not completely, alone. <laughs> completely separate lives right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not forget that last we left Leia, she's having a work vacation on her honeymoon. So right. Uh, he decides to leave, but only after. Oh, I'm sorry. I had a thought. I had a thought. 
but I did tweet uh, about Mon Mothma in relation to this book. I just think it probably says a lot about her that she was so uh, set on Leia getting a good honeymoon, especially now that we know that she was in an arranged marriage, terrible situation. That's all I wanted to say. One, that she was 16 for this arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. And now that we know, her husband's a piece of shit. (laughs) So it makes sense that she's so insistent to be like, oh, Oh, you you chose love. love Go, 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 be in love. (laughs) Be in love, be in love. Which makes it make a lot a lot of sense while Mon Mothma's like, yeah, I'm so happy for you for marrying a person that you love. Good for you, Leia. Can and Mon Mothma like physically beat off uh, Prince Isildur? Because she was just like, Mon Mothma beat off Prince Isildur. Tell me more. Um, Um, sorry, this was the this is the last thing about Andor, but I really want to bring it up. The fact that Mon Mothma's husband thinks Sly more is fun bullshit <laughs> okay but what do we actually know about sly more she never speaks that's a problem that's a problem she has no lines she is always just looming <laughs> she's fun i mean that sounds fun no i'm down Ugh. some people like mystery you know so han goes back to the table and claude Kellod, not claude has <laughs> not stopped talking and reveals that he doesn't really care about politics It doesn't matter who he works for, as long as he can sell his inventions. He apparently has something big in the works that was going to shake things up, but he needs a buyer. Red flag, red flag. And this is how we get the fucking sun crusher in. (laughs) Absolutely. Meza, the the Lasat, I almost said Lestat again. Uh, Meza dips and Kalad mentions that he may have an investor and he's meeting them on Sinjax. It's some rich person, could be Imperial. Who knows? Who cares? Am I right? Who else would be interested in gravity manipulation? Kalad then mentions that he heard Princess Leia is on the ship, and he's worried that her presence will scare off his investor. Lix gives Han a look that reveals that she knows exactly who Han is and what Leia is to him. Han buys Lix's silence with some extra credits and a pot. Kalad keeps talking about how there's a bunch of bounties on Leia and maybe he doesn't need an investor. Maybe he could just throw her in an escape pod and bring her to one of the bounty hunters for ransom. I love how Han is just like sitting here like like he's shown his poker face really well you know in this situation just like oh here what are you talking about? Great. Would you like this shovel? Great. Please keep digging and let's see Han very fucking angry, despite continuing to play Sabak. And what's worse is that this is a threat that no one had considered, that someone sloppy and dumb and desperate would just try something like this. Sophisticated plans were easily spotted by Leia and the New Republic, but this impulsive dope could be a million of them out there. Kalad offers to show Han the tractor beam below decks because he thinks they're friends now. Han says, hey, Show me those escape pods first. Hmm. Hello, Seth. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Rogue Padron. Hello. Welcome to, to NPR. To what? <laughs> For some reason, I ended up using an NPR voice tonight. And so I was wondering, seeing... I was wondering what was happening there. Yeah. <laughs> seeing how long I can keep this up. You're doing great. Thank you. Anyway, we are on chapter 20 of The Princess and the Scoundrel. And Leia gets to her room and is momentarily disappointed that Han isn't there, 
but it's fine because she immediately goes over to the comm unit to ask D3 for the message from the Prime Minister of Mondores. The message from Prime Minister Driand Jens is super brief and just asks her to come experience some art on their planet at her convenience. Leia is immediately suspicious because it was like he was reading a script, but also because the art stuff was just a throwaway thing in her letter, simply an opening to soften him up before bringing up politics. After she watches the message a second time, she finally turns around to see how actually wonderful and gorgeous the suite she's in is. Um, and there are fruits, <laughs> which I think are very important. The citrella, a long grade malama, and crisp umwells. Discuss. <laughs> I want I want that latter thing. I'm a big fan of citrellas and malam malamas, but malamas. I feel like omelets, like crisp or not, just not really my thing unless they're in a salad. Then really good. Omelets in a salad are wonderful. Mm-hmm. I just love a crisp fruit. I'm very into apples at the moment, so I feel like I would like it. I I feel like omelets are usually too sour for me. Um, but I, I also do... like sour. See. Mm, no and i i prefer for the malamas to turn purple uh when i eat them so oh the you wait is, till they turn purple yes the green is again oh, too unripe for me mm. no yeah the green is too unripe the purple is is way too ripe that's like it's, way, you gotta wait until they're that like perfect red the, orange but that, yeah, they're so that's sweet when they're purple point. i like my fruit sweet <laughs> i don't have a i don't have a fruit in this tree anyway i love that there are fruit and that that was important enough to mention. She wishes Han was there. Han, <laughs> Man, Han I her my husband were here on my honeymoon. <laughs> Wait, back to the fruit for a second. So this is all like, this is all based on the uh, Disney cruise line experience that you can experience for $5,000. Do you think yes. they've genetically engineered like actual space fruits for the passengers oh, God, to they, enjoy? They, they have, have not, I will request my money back. Yeah. What's the five thousand? Wait, wait are you going? If I pay him five thousand dollars, they I better have some genetically altered space fruit. I I do not have a sugar parent to pay for that, and therefore I will a not glucose be guardian. A glucose guardian, yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, this was supposed to be a trip with no expectations and pressures. Leia acknowledges that she did immediately turn into a diplomat, a leader as soon as they arrived and paid attention to everyone except her husband, Han Solo. When she goes, when she even got into the suite, the first thing she did was rush to the comms to deal with a work thing. This is that meme of the guy shooting the other guy and be like, how could this have happened? How could this have happened? Why would they have done this? Yeah, why would they have done this? How did this turn into a work vacation? How could this happen? Uh, She does not blame Han for wandering off. She knows he understands that he knew who he was marrying. But oops, they really never talked about after this, about the people they wanted to be together, what they thought their future held. Han wouldn't expect her to stop fighting, and she didn't expect him to stop being rough around the edges. Quote, Leia wasn't sure if she was being willfully blind or if she was simply taking a leap of faith. Perhaps there wasn't a difference. Unquote. Mm. There's definitely a difference. There's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference, Leia. There's a, there's a big difference. Leia lounges with some holonet feeds and sends messages off to General Medine and Mon Mothma to check up on the tasks that she had asked about. Now we're doing which email. Is All right. Absolutely work. <laughs> Girl, stop fucking working. I swear to God. And 
A On the Hollow Net, a story about the Halcyon comes on, and Leia watches as the anchor talks about all of the fancy people aboard. And even when Leia doesn't personally know them, she knew their connections and is making a big spider web in her mind about all of these people and what she could gain uh, or who she needs to avoid or what connections people have. And That's she has me first... uh, whenever I go to a games conference. Yes, but that is work. <laughs> Yeah, Leia, that's true. Leia is on her honeymoon and she has to force herself to stop. <laughs> I like to pretend it's not work though, so. That's fair. <clears throat> she turns on a boring economic report and spoogles Madoras. <laughs> there is not a lot of every time, Ash. There's not a lot of info. <laughs> I don't know why it gets me every single fucking time, but it does. It's funny. <laughs> Ooh, I know the answer to this one now. Because uh, I I saw an interview with her about this. Um, so about she, oh no, about, about Madoras. Spoogle- <laughs> <laughs> We're on different words here. Oh, I'm so used to Spoogle at this point; it doesn't even phase me. <laughs> no, so so Maduras is the system, and Lenguin is the moon, uh, and it's mashup of her two favorite uh, sci-fi author names, uh, Madeline uh, Lengel and Ursula K. Le Guin. So Medoras like, is Madeline and Ursula and Linguin is Le Guin or yeah, Le Guin and Engel. Madeline Engel. Man, yeah, you yeah. said that. I was like, I, I didn't say that right, but you you can you can figure you it out. You said that I was like, who the what the fuck author is named that? <laughs> it's like we all agree so you meet two authors mixed together. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> That's very cute. <laughs> there is not a lot of information, only a very old report that mining. That's not cranium. My autocorrect did mm. that. <laughs> uh, is this a space term or are they straight up scooping brains? Could be this either. It's a giant brain planet. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. Could have very negative effects on their environment. She wonders if maybe Mordor has already been targeted and silenced by the Imperials. Maybe she's too late. Um, we I, um, then, the we way then you said bit. that. The way you said that made you yeah. sound like you were saying Mordor. In yeah, the yeah, yeah, okay. the problem here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it didn't feel like Mordor, yeah. Well, you have to to the eye of Sauron in Mordor. No, see, the thing is you have to roll the R a little more. That's what they do. Uh, at least the Rings of Power. They really yes. roll those R's. And I cannot roll it. my R's, so... Yeah. And it makes me laugh every me. fucking time. Like, every time, like, you nerds. fucking nerd. <laughs> Galatriel. I would never be an elf in any circumstance. I would definitely be a hobbit. I mean, we all know that. Um, every time Leia's like thinking about his message, she's like, man, it's so weird that he talks about art. I'm like, Leia, you're a smart woman. Figure out that he's trying to fucking communicate to you another way. Like, how stupid can you be? Listen, she's on her honeymoon. <laughs> I'm, I'm not like, give- yeah, she's still working, so I'm not giving her anything on this one. Do you I'm automatically take give- negative five to intelligence when you're on your honeymoon? What's happening? Why is that? I mean, only when you're in bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... We then learn about the planet Bloof, (laughs) (laughs) which I was just so tickled pink to read about. The reporter keeps talking about how these mid-rim economies could collapse because of the loss of Imperial contracts for things like Star Destroyers and weapons. But Leia pauses because she struggles with believing that the New Republic could really support all of these people. The Empire did make some people rich. It did bring some stability to places. It had existed so long because it wasn't horrific to everyone, just the non-humans. Did the people of Hindal or Bluf know that their industries supported war crimes? Did they know 
that the empire would exploit them until there was nothing left? Did they even care, even if they did know? Quote, ideals like the ones Leia lived her life by, freedom and truth, helping others and building a society that benefited all without bigotry and oppression. Those were strong beliefs, but it was hard to believe in such things when a global economy collapsed and families faced starvation. Leia pinched the bridge of her nose. None of this weighed on her shoulders alone. And she had known from the start that a revolution would take more than a one war. And that is when I, I stared like at the camera for yeah, 30 minutes. I don't like how that sounds. <laughs> Oof. Um, because there has been a very upsetting economic report uh, by Powell that was released that basically says, let America go into a recession. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really against it. And the problem with inflation is that too many people are employed, which is absolutely not the yeah, case. Yeah, no, we've currently. had the thing too, where they keep getting mad at people for not being employed and people being on the benefit. And then they're like, well, actually we need to make 50,000 people unemployed to save the economy. And it's like, nope. That's not how that works. No. that One, that's not how it works. Two, how about you fucking lose your job then? Bitch? Right. Why don't you just take a pay cut? You're the one 50,000 less economic up. analysts, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. You're the ones who are fucking it up. Maybe you should get fired. They want us try. It's I don't know if I can real. do any better, but I could at least not do any worse. It's it's just been too real. Um, back with Han Solo. It's easy to find the escape pods because this is a passenger <laughs> liner. You should find the escape pods. He tells Kalad to get inside one of the pods to figure out the controls. And Kalad was like, well, I was half joking, but now I'm really down for this kidnapping. We could get a million credits. It's not a bad idea. It is a bad idea. Han closes the door to the escape pod and over the comm says, you know what else isn't such a bad idea? Shooting someone who threatened Prince Slayer Organa off in an escape pod. (laughs) It's a pretty good idea. Kalad says he's sorry and that he would have had those things. He would not have said those things if he knew that Leia was Han's <laughs> friend. <laughs> Which, buddy, that is not the moral high ground you think it is. Not Han- making the point you think you are. No. Han is like, no, Leia has lots of friends and they would probably give him a second chance. He's not Leia's friend. <laughs> Leia has more friends than you, buddy. Yeah. He's Leia's husband and he does not forgive and he does not forget. Oh, yeah. If all of Leia's friends to piss off, Han is the worst. Halad continues his sob story that he went broke because the Empire couldn't pay him for his latest invention because of the whole death of the Emperor thing. And Han just says, well, then don't profit off the deaths of innocence at the hand of the Empire. That seems pretty good. That kind of financial hardship does not resonate with Han, who lived on the streets and also had to do questionable things for money. Uh-oh, the Ugnat from earlier is back and very mad about them being there. He lets Kalat out of the pod, but then calls for someone to come down pronto, pronto. Uh, this is also where now I will ring the Hatalan alert because there is a hot Nautilan. Um, I do wish that chief engineer Zalma Trinkis wasn't slender, but oh well, still a great job on having a Nautilan involved. Yeah, there's a choice to have, have him come in and then be like, he's slender. Like, come uh, on. No. Come on. One, no, he's a chief engineer. He does a lot of work. He would have a big chest. Pronto, Ronto. Pronto, Ronto. Pronto, Ronto. Pronto, Ronto. No other thoughts. Ron- just. Toronto. Just, just pronto. <laughs> when I say I need something done, I need it done pronto, pronto. It's perfect. It's beautiful. 
Because say that my next work meeting. These, I haven't been hired yet anywhere yet, but I'm gonna say my next one, which means they'll probably fire me immediately. These it's are the, the ASAP of a galaxy far, far away. Yes. This is the kind of fun things that I really enjoy in Star Wars, right? It's not like mm, these Ronto reps that you can get for $14.95. Like it's just Ronto Ronto. If I it go to this hotel for five thousand dollars and I go through the entire however fucking long it is, locked into this fake ship, and nobody sees Pronto Ronto to me by the end of it, I'm I'm leaving. You I'm should a request refund. a refund. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Han explains to both of them that Kalad here was going to kidnap his wife, Princess Leia Organa, a very prominent public figure, for ransom. Zalma looks up something on his data pad and is like, "Oh shit, sorry, Mister Solo, General Solo, we will take care of this." <laughs> Um, oops, we also find out that Claude is a stowaway. And on this ship, we barbecue stowaways. That's a line from a treasure island. Um, Zalma is going to take him to the brig and Captain Daddy will sort him out in the morning. Was the I wish match. Captain Daddy would sort me out in the morning, if uh, you know what I'm saying. I do. <laughs> The Ognat tells Han to get out of here too. Han concedes because after going below decks, participating in an illicit sabat game, and threatening a man, he's having a great day one of his honeymoon. Man, where's your wife in that? Did not include his wife in there at all. I mean, it's not your honeymoon. Look, we have to give Han this at least. He knows how to make Citra L8 out of Citra L, you know? Yeah, absolutely. When life gives you Citrella. Make make the citrilla aid. Make citrilla aid. In chapter twenty, sounds like some kind of bug spray. It does. Yeah, <laughs> yummy. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite trick. Odd would totally chug a bottle of bug spray on a bet. I would spray that at water and see. What you know that John Mulaney? It's like <laughs> apparently I took a bottle, asked if it was whiskey or perfume, drank the whole thing, and it's said perfume. it's perfume. That's on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Leia wakes up in the morning. And we find out that Han had come back to their suite that night and they both confessed that they fell into their old habits and like laughed about it. Um, uh, oh, there's a quote that is just worrying didn't do the work. And I yelled, okay, Beth, leave me alone. <laughs> D3 messages Leia to let her know that Captain Daddy would like to give her a tour of the Halcyon <laughs> whenever she's ready. And it's okay if she brings her guest. <laughs> Her guest. <laughs> her guest. You can bring a friend if you want. Yeah, you can. So funny. I don't know why that got me more than anything, but it's just Han repeatedly re- being referred to as a guest or her friend. Because <laughs> they look at him and they're like, couldn't possibly be a lover. Oh, he's <laughs> your little friend. Is this your like? Is this like a big brother's big sister's program? Yeah, it's like a thing where you like adopt a poor person. The rough and tumble youth. (laughs) The rough and tumble man that's 15 years older than you. (laughs) Well, he is carving his initials into pipes uh, with true love five ever on it. So it's okay. She caught up by a year because of being carbonite. So if she just freezes him a few more years, they'll catch up. My favorite thing that happened when this book came out is people realizing there's like a 10, I don't know, there's a significant age there gap is, between yes. Han and Leia and people freaking out about it. I'm like, that's the fact knowledge. that nobody realized that out before. <laughs> the, I won't get too much into it, but the fact that because it's a straight couple, no one seems to be that mad about it. Um, whereas in other fandoms, 
people get really mad about that kind of stuff when it's like yeah when they when that's the way that they could tear apart a couple when it's a queer when it's a queer couple they ooh love to tear that apart so, okay put this put this on um am i the asshole people will hate it yeah anyway <laughs> um han tries to keep Leia in bed and he is momentarily fooled when she jokes that maybe captain daddy will let her fly the ship and han asks if he thinks that he could fly the ship no han you do not get to fly the ship <laughs> He's not a bright boy. He's so stupid. He's so stupid I mean, and so handsome. The last time that Leia rode in a ship with Han Solo, it was Empire Strikes Back, which, Seth, uh, basically, Han never got the Millennium Falcon working once in the entire movie. Not even once. <laughs> then Minox attacked. Yeah, it yeah. was a rough time for everybody. Yeah, he drove it right. into an animal and didn't even realize it. Like, how... Oh, yeah, he drove it into the fucking space what, worm. What are the logistics of this? How did he... Chewie is yeah. doing the work. <laughs> we all know. Do you think Chewie and like the space slug, like were they like were they in on it together? Like Chewie like set up this prank. Yes, they were trying. It was they were trying to set up this meet cute for them. That implies that Chewie has like telepathic communication with the fucking. Everybody. It has a name. I can't. We don't know. He doesn't. It, it has a name. It does have a species name. It yes. does. Yeah. The um, Exogorf. Oh, species name. A species yeah. name. I thought you meant yeah, like, like a person, like the individual. No, it's called yeah. an Exogorf. Jerry. I remember. <laughs> so cool. It was wow. really like the voice of Ben from the Skyhoppers just came into my psyche and screamed, Exogorf. That's so when that happens. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta have that subconscious Ben. The Fun Skyhoppers fact. episode art for a really long time was a Skyhopper flying out of the yes. Exogorf. Oh, like the actual ship Skyhopper, not one of y'all. Yeah, the shit. not not like Ben and Ash's face <laughs> flying out of the Although great logo, um, Leia says that they're not going to spend the entire honeymoon in bed. This is a luxury cruiser. There are activities. Han disagrees, saying that staying in bed are what honeymoons are for. Wah, wah, wah. That's where the laugh track would go if this was a sitcom. <laughs> Leia brings up a very good point that long hair is easier to deal with than short hair she's very good i question that i think it is it depends on how long it depends on how short because i fucking hate dealing with my hair you think think long hair is easier to deal with than short hair styling long styling long hair is easier to deal with than styling yeah but it takes forever to brush i mean i mean i have no hair so i can't like when my hair's short all i have to do is style it is brush it and then it's styled when it's long well, i have to actually do shit to it when my hair is short i have to do so much more stuff to do to it than when it's long oh god i'm not gonna I, share I my just, opinion because my hair is i can just put, shaped I can off put my, my long head. hair in a little braid and it's out of my way um anyway long hair solidarity with leia and within a few minutes she's ready to go she tells han to get some food and then meet her in the climate simulator afterward I don't want to simulate climates. It sounds, is that a real thing on the real Halcyon? Because why would you probably, do that? I mean, it's like a holodeck, but also probably not a real thing in our timeline. Oh, right. Like actual, yeah. Okay. Yes. Like yes. biosphere simulator, not just yes. climate. Yes. Yes. It's not <laughs> I'm going like, to walk in there. I'm going to experience I would like to know snow. Yeah. <laughs> Please um, blast me with some hot air. <laughs> just make sure it's dry heat, not humid heat. I thought you said human heat, and I was like, Seth, what the fuck does human <laughs> heat mean? Do not blast me with human heat. I don't yeah, want do not blast me with human heat. Um, Riola meets Leia outside the lift on the way to the bridge. She's very glad 
that Leia is doing this, not just for the publicity, but because the entire crew were anti-imperial, even when they were forced to work during the occupation, and it will boost their morale to see her. Riola says that the Halcyon was more, has more than earned her loyalty. Leia can see how her faith was probably both hard-won and deeply valuable. Riola also says that there's a sense, a feel, not just with the Holovids, that if Leia is taking the time to celebrate, then there must be something worth celebrating, and says that their safety enjoyed. Leia thinks hard about this, usually assuming the reverse was true, but maybe there was truth to it. Quote, joy was one of those emotions, like love, that burst forth unbidden and ever unwarranted, even unwarranted probably. It wasn't manufactured or cultivated, it simply was. And if, if one was in a position to feel joy, that necessarily meant that there was at least some safety wrapped around one's soul. Leia gets it. <laughs> That's what she felt when she married Han. She was so happy it grounded and supported her. Captain Daddy strides forward to meet Leia and Riola, explains that the camera droids hope to take some candid photos of the tour rather than a formal interview. The bridge has a lot of people there. Some even wave or nod at Leia, but everyone is focused on their work. Hot, attractive, beautiful. This is what we like to see. Uh... At the at the bridge of a big starship, is we everyone a, working? We love a dedicated on task bridge crew. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what we like to see. If some people were fucking off playing games, I'd be like, oh, we sure about this? This is one of those playing Galaga like, in the corner. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those jobs where I'm like, maybe don't fuck off. Truly, Captain Daddy shows Leia the Halcyon's flight path. They're cruising around Yacht and making a full circle <laughs> around so what? Be- Around Yach. 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 They're making a full it's, circle. It's Yas and bitch at the same time. Oh, oh no, don't say that. Oh, I hate that. I truly hate that. Yeah. Um, so you can save time instead of saying Yas, bitch. Yach. I'm going to shut up now. Thank you. Oh, that's the worst thing I've heard all day. <laughs> yes. Um, it can be beautiful. This is what happens when I don't talk to anybody for like three days straight because my grandma's out of town. And they are orbiting the planet. They're orbiting the planet Yach. Uh, so it can be viewed from both the port and starboard sides. Leia goes to look at the viewport and it is gorgeous red planet like glitter flowing over liquid. A serene crew member and Captain Daddy go back and forth explaining the state of the planet. It's a failed star, the death of a gas giant, made of boiling metal and constantly overrun with super hot storms. Iron gives it its red color, and it'll keep giving on heat until it becomes a solid lump of ash. Or it could cool too quickly, and the energy could create a big boom. Big boom. If you're orbiting something, unless it's like twisting as it goes, the same side views the planet the entire time. Well, maybe it's like think. a maybe it's like a 2001 situation where it spins. spins. They'd be to be giving these people some fucking motion sickness medication. Then. Well, it's no, going it's... slow enough. It's not like we get dizzy from the Earth spinning on its axis. Yeah, because it moves real slow. It takes us like 24 hours to see everything. Sab, <laughs> you know they give every single one of these guests an injection that includes like motion sickness uh, and like a GPS tracking chip. Oh, it's some hot like... drugs. Uh, yeah, like a credit card scanner with their wrist. Some cocaine just for fun. I mean, you want to have a worth, good time, I guess. Is that what that $5,000 goes towards? Sorry, uh, space. space. Space? Spice. What is it in this? It's spice. glimmer spice. Spice, yeah. Spice. They're in space. 
Yeah, we're in space and not drinking them with space. Space um, in space. <laughs> um, Leia remarks, oh, yeah, that's just how I say spice. Yeah. Leia remarks that this is the best view on the entire ship. And maybe Captain Daddy should consider letting guests on the bridge, not just for the view, but so oh. they can see how diligent and capable the crew is. This he world said, is not in a post 9-11 time. He says he'll think about it, which means no. <laughs> the serene woman tells Leia to come back tomorrow for the meteor storms. Captain Daddy immediately explains the science behind it. Leia gets depressed at the reminder that they are not going somewhere she can work. She tries to hint <laughs> that maybe it's dangerous to go there. And there's an alternate route that goes through the Languin system. Captain Daddy gives out a big boom of a laugh and reassures her that nothing, nothing can take his ship off her intended course. Uh -huh. oh my that is gosh. the cap. That is, that is Theoden, Theoden's actor in Titanic saying that the ship's unsinkable. <laughs> We've got like a weird mix of Titanic and Leia's obsession with doing work. And it's a very yeah. strange dynamic. Weird. Like, is her, is her needing to do work going to be the cause of the Titanic? Is she the iceberg? She's the iceberg. The oh iceberg gosh. was inside us the whole time. That's <laughs> <sighs> so why they call her Leia Iceberg Organa. <laughs> yeah. I always thought it was reverse how much she loved Leia's, but... <laughs> I'm so glad Steph I'm sorry. <laughs> well, okay, we're moving on. Okay, At you do station... have Iceberg Lettuce there, right? We do, yes. But yes. Oh, loves it. <laughs> okay, thank God. Yeah. It holds well, very loves little value. <laughs> oh yeah, of course you have it. It's a fucking wedge salad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at one station, Leia overhears a crew member updating Captain Daddy on the fuel situation. They're running low on Saracor blend, but the prices have gone way, way up. And Sinjax has already told them that they would not be providing refueling resources. The fuel shortage will be a huge problem around the galaxy. Leia knows that big ships and companies backed by wealthier people will figure it out, but all of the small businesses and individuals that need to fly around space would be shit out of luck. Maybe Leia? they should have figured out uh, how to do electric spaceships by now then. No. This Leia? is like a them problem. <laughs> wow. Are you really, I mean, just are you put... really blaming the victim about this right now? I'm blaming the Empire. They had what 15 years, 18 years to fucking implement solar energy. They were too busy building a Death Star. Even if even if there are, you know, as similar with our current economy, even though there are electric <laughs> and partially electric cars, it is expensive to replace a car. And then you also need a place in order to charge that car and be able to afford being able to pay for that car. Whereas you can get a junky old fucking car for like five hundred dollars fire dog where the fuck are you buying your junkie uh, oh, i just realized i just did the con i just did the conversion in my head never mind Steph, i paid 250 dollars for my car yeah jesus christ your car's a death trap yeah your my car's car. gonna kill you though <laughs> your car's a literal death i'm not sure i brag about that and it's only almost killed me like three times it's no no bad. no 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 that's why it is a death trap it doesn't need to have killed somebody to be a death trap <laughs> <laughs> leia catches bits and pieces of the crew's conversation around her since going around a planet doesn't require that much focus it they all seem uncertain because of how everything is unknown and potentially devastating time will tell they really got the working class here which i'm happy to see yes absolutely 
Hunger forces Han out of bed, and he grabs some sunburst juice and a flaky pastry. And Han just goes to the brig, which really shouldn't seem allowed. And there's no one watching the brig either. Um, and Han then taunts Kalad from between the bars. And Kalad is sorry, and he admits that he's desperate. Wozak appears and tells Han to get out or he'll put him in the brig too. Zalma also comes down the corridor and it's a full reunion. Apparently, the brig isn't locked down. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, but what, you, why? Who's making these security decisions? Because they're all bad. They're bad. I, I haven't, there hasn't. Why Why is Zalma, the chief engineer, taking care of this and not a chief security officer? I why think is they hired security a... officers is the problem. They should. I have a real question. Is there an actual brig on actual cruise ships? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we asked this last time and yeah, there is. Yes, what? There we asked it at some point. Yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, they have got to have somewhere to put the troublemakers. Like, yeah, what if someone commits a crime? So, yeah. Just because it's on international waters doesn't mean that's still yeah, who has jurisdiction? Ship. Um. There will usually well the captain kind of has the ultimate jurisdiction. King Trident. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, ultimately that is her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they can so they can, well, if you if you commit a crime on a cruise ship, you get thrown in the brig, but they tell you Poseidon will determine your fate. <laughs> yes, and, and then you just have to them, sit there for the rest they throw of the cruise. What does that mean? <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's clear that Zalma is very uncomfortable with Han just walking up and being here. Uh, Zalma says that it's the Empire's fault that this the brig is even here because the Halcyon never needed it before they were taken over, which is... Hey, because rich people only uh, commit, what, white-collar crime, whatever it is? Correct, yes. It's hard to put them in a brig because you gotta you gotta do a while of uh, fraud and You have to, to yes, out. you have to have a, a large task force to recover enough evidence. <laughs> it's hard to just catch someone red-handed doing it. Yes. Um, Zalma is going to go talk with Captain Daddy to figure out what to do with the stowaway. But Han wants to, but he wants to know if Han wants to press charges for the threats against Leia. Kalad freaks out and Han wishes that he was just able to beat him up and be over with it, rather than having to deal with all of this official bullshit. He says that he will not press charges this time. And if Kalad continues to be a problem, then he'll take care of it himself. Kalad begs for another chance. He has big ideas. He had a chance to look at one of or one or some of the 13 engines on the Halcyon. He says that they're not operating at full efficiency, but he can help if he gets his hands on the hyperdrive flux coil. Zalma says Kalad isn't going to quick talk his way out of this, but Waz looks a little interested. Do not just let some random stowaway fuck with your hyperdrive flux I coils, have man. Really bad news for you, Seth. Um, Han sees that oh, he's God. no longer needed and leaves, but unfortunately there are no more pastries in the Crown of Corellia dining room for any face. In the turbo lifts, two men enter with Han and talk about how Leia is on the ship. Oh, stars, I love her. I heard she was in the climate simulator right now. And Han is like, well, shit, it sure is public knowledge where Leia is at all times. He tells himself that Leia has been a princess for a long time and that she can take care of herself and has taken care of herself. She is perfectly capable on her own. When the turbo lift doors open, Han mows down the dudes and is down the hall because even if she has been on her own, she doesn't have to be anymore. Leia is glad to be off the bridge and also alone in the climate simulator room. I can't believe she went to be blasted with desert air without Han. She's not. She's on the beach. <laughs> 
Blossom with sandy air. Yes, the climate simulator room is basically replicating Sinjax, which I think is weird because they will eventually arrive on Sinjax. Oh my god, Leia, I swear to fucking god. I swear to fucking god. It's like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. You can practice before you get there. You can practice how to relax before you get there. I'm going to fucking knock this girl out. She's going to wake up fucking... Tied to a tree. Honestly, but she's also, the tray you have this cape pod. She's 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 tied to a tree. I don't know where they found a tree on the house yard. I'm sure there's one there somewhere. Probably. And all that she has access to is a fucking like fruity drink with a curly straw that's like right in front of her mouth, so she can drink that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's like I don't know some fucking movie, yes. romantic movie on the TV. And yeah, I don't know why it's a TV with the tree, but this is just this is what she's getting. Yeah, this is relaxation. Yeah, that's how you relax. The more she tried to ignore the camera droids on the bridge, the harder it was. Leia is still thinking about how to get Captain Daddy to change course to go to Maudor's. She was frustrated to not be able to truly work right now, but what was really bothering her was the fact that she was no longer in control. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is it truly a Leia chapter of this book if there isn't a direct Meg Humphrey call out? I like that these. I like that Meg is so publicly being called out because it means I can fade to the darkness with also being called out. <laughs> I feel so absolutely called out <laughs> because, for example, I took Meg. I'm going to tie you to a tree and then make it so that the only thing you can access is a fruity drink with a curly straw. I I took a little I took a little vacation for my birthday and it felt very wild that I did not bring a laptop with me for the two and a half days. <laughs> I was on. I don't think I've vacation. gone anywhere for yeah two and a half days without my Chromebook ever. And I felt very wild. Um, Both of y'all need some help. We already established that we're all it. going on Meg's honeymoon with her, right? And we're all going to take shifts, like forcing her to relax. Because I won't do it, and Maya will just fall asleep. Um, yeah. And let okay. Me well, work. I guess I guess we're coming on your honeymoon then. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds right. <laughs> Yeah, it's not a honeymoon if your children aren't there. It's true. That's what they say when you're a single parent. Um, uh, Anyway, uh, Leia (laughs) believes that historians will probably make note that the empire failed because individuals were all trying to do what they wanted rather than the alliance, which prioritized the greater whole. Still, Leia is used to at least being heard when she has ideas. But no, this time, Leia is just a passenger. Captain Daddy is not an emperor. She doesn't have the right to suggest that the entire ship change course. But also, what if she told Captain Daddy that going to Mardor's is a chance to strengthen the New Republic? This is like um, dealing with a toddler that keeps trying to think of new ways to manipulate its parents to do something. But also... Part of the point of being on the ship was to prove that she no longer had to sacrifice all of her joy for the good of the galaxy. This whole sequence is like she has a little devil and angel on each shoulder, except the weird (laughs) thing is that they're both Mon Mothma. (laughs) Uh, Part part of the point of her very new marriage was also this. Oh my god, Leia. It's Legends Mon Mothma on one shoulder and Canon Mon Mothma (laughs) on the other. So true. You know how we need to be there for Meg? I think Luke also needs to just be here. I don't trust. No, mm. Luke would be like, become be a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, but at least <laughs> Luke is like the third no. chaos option of like, I think third to be a Jedi. Honestly, I think C-3PO would be a really good shoulder angel oh, in this situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, C-3PO would be like, you need, let's do the activities on the ship. Let's have a good time. 
Yeah. Someone would just need to like tell him ahead of time, like Leia's not allowed to do X. And then that's just like, he cannot deviate from that. It's oh true. my God. 3PO would be perfect for this. Just imagine a scene where Han's like, listen, Goldenrod. <laughs> if Leia does anything, I'm deprogramming you. <laughs> and the 3PO's like, do not fucking worry, my dude. We have a schedule. <laughs> I need to hear 3PO say my dude so bad now. <laughs> to harrison ford specifically yeah (laughs) this is madness my dude he's so good with a schedule a schedule yeah schedule (laughs) um leia considers the force and how it seemed to her that it was the type of reassurance that provided confidence leia tries to meditate but her mind tells her that it's not just luke's force it's vader's force too which she slams that mental wall down so fast leia really just should not be having any thoughts right now every thought she has she's like oh i actually don't want to think about that she really should not be left alone right now to her own yeah well han at least is fucking barreling people he's what is it doing, mowing people down to get yeah, there he's doing fun han shit like, he's like on security detail yeah she tries to meditate again finally having the desire to be a jedi because it would spite vader which i don't know if that's the greatest start of being a jedi that's not a great foundation petty. that's enough reason for me to join yeah i would i would join the jedi out of spite who would it piss off idea <laughs> Luke would get really upset about this. Luke would get really mad about it. Leia in this Leia in this moment is really just me whenever I'm having like OCD, bad OCD days, where it's like, here's a terrible thought. It's like, stop that. And it's like, oh, here's another terrible thought. Oh, huh? you I you put up a mental wall and prepared how to deal with that one. Here's a completely different thing that you haven't oh, prepared for. Oh, uh, let's see. She tries to focus on nothing. But this time, something happens. She feels as if she's standing in a heavy fog, her stomach swooping as she's on an unsteady surface. She fights against her instinct to open her eyes, hoping that it was a vision to guide her. But the more she tries, the more she loses it. She can start to make out voices, words, maybe in pock-pock. When she tries to open her eyes, everything fades. She laments that nothing is ever easy for her. She tries to replicate Luke's hand wave. And when she does, the rocks do actually move. But then she tries it again and they don't. She chalks it up to the movement of the ship, causing the disturbance. Then Han is there asking what she was thinking about because she was so focused. She laughs and says that she was trying to think of nothing. When she is embraced by Han, Leia does feel her thoughts float away. It feels like peace. Oh, almost as if the answer has been right in front of you all this time. Maybe. Maybe spend time with your husband on your honeymoon is my one suggestion. I don't know about that. That seems like a weird suggestion. I don't know why that would it work. Does. It feels weird. Um, but maybe don't work. Maybe stop working. That's the end of the chapters for this week. That's the moral for this all, week is maybe stop working. Stop working. <laughs> yeah. Direct call out post to every single one of us on this podcast. Uh speaking of not working, should we do some listener responses? <laughs> should we yes. do some more work? <laughs> No, they are doing the work for us. Yeah, no, this is getting someone else to do our work. This is great. I love this bit. Last week, we asked, what other places in the galaxy far, far away have corporate sponsorships we aren't aware of, and what are they? Oh, my God, I forgot this question. I'm so ready. Yeah, we answered this. Emily said, get your tickets for the next pod racing event brought to you by Mountain Dew Baja Blast, available at Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. I, hope... I have such a like intrinsic connection between pod racing and Taco Bell just because of the Taco Bell uh, the tie-in. Yeah, the, yeah, the cups, the tie. Yeah, wasn't that? It was like Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. It was. It was like all a... the, uh, KFC, all the ones that are like part of that. I don't know who owns all, all those, the Pepsi, but... all the ones that have Pepsi instead of yeah. Coke is what it was. <laughs> all the shitty ones. <laughs> <laughs> All the ones that you couldn't pay me to go to as an adult now. That's we got Taco go to, Bell here now. I, need I go to, to Taco it. Bell all the Yay. time. We drive past it sometimes when we like go to uh, Starbucks. Um, and it's every time, like, fuck, I need to try it. Well, yeah. it's probably not bad over there, but I'm curious like <laughs> how it's going to be here. <laughs> New Zealand Taco Bell experience. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. All, all the taco shells will be reversed. <laughs> when i when i get one finally um i'll get it live on this show so you can experience it great will you take the wrapper off first i will take the wrapper off first i promise i don't like that you have to promise that (laughs) jay said visit the beautiful ocean world of moncala experience all that the seas have to offer Sponsored by Old Bay and Legal Seafoods. <laughs> oh, that, that seems is wait. grim. That is very grim. Old Bay is an Old Spice. Oh, Old Bay is a season. Oh, no, Old Bay is a crab season. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's made in Maryland. Oh, oh, that's bad. I was like, Old Spice doesn't seem bad. I don't know why that would be associated, but no, this is. Oh, you've got the big Old Bay. <laughs> you got big Old Bay? Oh, I need to see this. This it? is yeah. a Costco-sized container of Yeah, hold, hold it up again. Seth wants to see it. Wow! The fact that it's almost all gone is the yeah, other that is... indicator. It's great on seafood. It's great on vegetables. Um, it's great on pretty much anything you can think Rogue of. Rogue Portrait, sponsored by Obey. Rogue Portrait, <laughs> yeah. sponsored by Obey. <laughs> For poultry, seafood, poultry, salads, and meats. Meats. <laughs> Just all the other miscellaneous meats. <laughs> meats. Brooke said, attention. If your loved one has been diagnosed with spesothelioma, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Spesothelioma is a rare cancer linked to asbestos exposure. Exposure to asbestos in the spice wines of Kessel may put you at risk. Please don't wait. Call Noir Aven today for a free legal consultation and financial information packet. Spesothelioma patients, call now. I don't... I don't care what comes next. I'm giving a listening body to Brooke for making Heath read that. Thank you. <laughs> the fact that Noir Venn has fallen so far <laughs> in his legal career to be He's doing, doing this. this. It <laughs> happens to even the best of lawyers. It really Legends does. was a rough time for everybody, okay? Yeah. It was. When Disney canceled Legends and Noir couldn't find work, you know? So now he's taking on the asbestos cases. Yeah. Oh my god. That's, that's the one before we started recording. I was like, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Danny said, Chewbacca does the series of commercials for sped into boulders. Space <laughs> shoulders. Why are Alongside y'all trying more to kill often, me? More I, often lock. <laughs> I really um, love that I, I love, have made this a thing. <laughs> I love the, I love Chewbacca and more often love as like dandruff shampoo yeah commercial like that's amazing that's true maybe he's born with it maybe it's wookie maybe it's wookie (laughs) 
he gets those beautiful <laughs> shots where like his hair is blowing and it's all like shiny an, and smooth. Right. Like truly, truly Wookiees are perfect for any kind of shampoo commercial. Like in those old school herbal essence commercials, um, where like women would be like having an orgasm as they wash their hair. Imagine that, but with a <laughs> We've all been there. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> Yup, Z said Hobby's continued existence brought to you by Pfizer brand Bacta. (laughs) (laughs) Is he not allergic to the Pfizer brand? Only not the Pfizer brand. That's, that's, that's Tom. That's Tom. I'm sorry. Um, Oh yeah. I forgot that he was allergic to Bacta. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's poor Tom. Swings in history said Sunterfell was the empire's greatest ace shooting down presumably hundreds of rebels. Despite this, he got shot down by a Y-wing and captured. A condition of his pardon was that he had to do a series of commercials for, I don't know how to say this. Does anyone know how to say this? Oh, you're asking Rogue Quadrant? Concer, maker of the Y-Wing. Fel hated it so much that he ran off to the unknown regions and joined Thrawn's weird fan club. Sure, in the process, he lost an eye, had at least two kids die fighting weird aliens and never saw the outside galaxy again. But at least he never had to look into the camera and say, the Y-Wing, it's why the New Republic won the war ever again <laughs> i hate i hate I, that i never thought i would have anything in common with baron Sinterfeld, um but our hatred for y-wings is the same <laughs> my hatred for y-wings sometimes makes me just bring it up without thinking just with random people who are talking about ships like who know about star wars but aren't like part of this fandom right. um and this is about why i'm like why wing more like why wing and they're like why do you hate the Y-Wing? And I'm like, oh. Because it's never mo- Yeah, I'm not getting into this with you, actually. I don't know what your feelings are. Because it's a crap ship for crap people. That's why. Yeah, we have this fucking armor. It has none. Can, it still can I read the next slow. one? Yeah. Ben Warman said, the answer has been under our nose all along. Kyber TM crystals coming to you from the Kyber Corporation. Everything to meet your mystical force needs. Remember the words of our spokesperson. The strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. TM. <laughs> what a disrespect to Chirrut Imway. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Chirrut would never. Chirrut could not be bought by any of them. <laughs> I'm so upset. Ben, you have upset me. <laughs> it's a great answer, but I am upset. <laughs> and finally, Dylan said the Imperial Inquisition, presented by Ancestry.com. <laughs> Register with us to discover which force users may have been in your family tree. <laughs> now that's a novel about the Inquisitors I would read. I'm that giving is, I'm giving Dylan a body for that. That is bleak. <laughs> Basketball arena at the training school for Inquisitors is the 23 and me arena. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. That is oh, no. so bleak. I'm sticking to Gash's one for uh, Dylan there because yeah, that's oof. I'm giving it to pickles. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm never giving my DNA to anyone. Um, I'm gonna give a glistening specithelioma to <laughs> dinner leader for not responding this week. Yes, any of these episodes. What? It's very, it's very upsetting to me. <laughs> what the fuck, my guy? You can't date Rogue Leader and not listen to us. I'm very upset. <laughs> Next time I visit, I'm just going to be blasting her episode directly at him. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Maybe I should schedule some D&D sessions, but just it's only him that I'm inviting and then just be like, nope, you can't leave. You have to sit here and listen to this. 
It's true. It's true. I'm like, I made a very funny joke, but it was on Rogue Padron. We should schedule a call with him on it and we redo the episodes. We have the script. (laughs) We dramatic reading our own episodes. (laughs) Yeah, dramatic reading our episodes. We just transcribe them for us real quick. (laughs) Oh, real quick. (laughs) I think I had a friend who um tried they tried to um do a like automatic transcriber. And they tried it with like a like a voice to text yeah they tried it with a podcast that i'm on possibly rogue podron but my accent fucked it up real bad <laughs> also, I'm my dude, Wars podcast my dude doesn't work that was me who did that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if someone else did it but someone I else also did it <laughs> i did i definitely did that at one point and it could not figure out what the fuck you were saying <laughs> to be fair half the time we're saying things like soon tear fell or specifically oh, it, it was a so. completely lost cause i was like hey maybe we can get a transcription up and i just bought a transcription thing for something else and i was like oh i'll try it for rogue budget and it did not work it was like what the fuck is warlord gabor <laughs> maybe we should make that like a patreon milestone and then if we get enough money for that we could pay someone to transcribe it for us Ooh, rip to that person rip to that person it'll be it'll be accessibility that's for it that's for an after fucking recording talk when we don't bring business into this episode. Yes. Hey, what's our question for next week, Heath? It is, what would happen if you sprayed water with bug spray? I have an answer <laughs> for this. His nose would shrivel up. That's also what I was thinking. Yeah, me. Great minds. Great minds. Just extremely flaccid. Just like the yeah. most, if it was sticking up, it would just break he'd, down. He'd cough a little bit and then tell you to fuck off, I think. <laughs> I think his skin would melt and we would discover that he's actually just been wearing a rubber suit and he's actually furry <laughs> underneath. Like he's furry underneath. the Lost Ark Nazis? Yeah, but see the skeleton, he's, he's a furry guy. <laughs> Ew. I, I truly... <laughs> Slightly fuzzier water. Sometimes I'm truly sad that we're an audio podcast only because Meg makes the best faces at some of these sometimes. (laughs) You melt the latex mask off of Watto and he's furry underneath? (laughs) Or is it like an an exoskeleton? Like the exoskeleton, like do do Tordarians molt at some point? No, it's like a jacket that he bought at the thrift store once because he thought it looked funny. (laughs) Like someone else's skin? Like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. I, I need a very important question answered. Why are we spraying water with bug spray? Um, I don't, I don't know. know. Meg, Meg said this at one point and we talked over it and I was like, okay, we'll just say that for the listener question because that's too good to pass up. <laughs> we were talking about bug spray. Meg was like, I'd like to, sw- <laughs> spray, I'd like water to spray water with, water with bugs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a, a funny answer for this. <laughs> How can you follow Do you that? Have up? A serious answer? What's your serious no. answer? <laughs> Once the words "flaccid Watto nose" have been spoken, we can't really come um, back from that. Yeah, if I if I if picking a different one from Seth, I would choose that um, his wings would then become like useless, and so now he just has to walk everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and and have so, you seen his feet? That's not going to be easy. It's not easy. It's very unsettling. <laughs> Hang on, maybe we'll what I Imagine speak. just a walking, a Tordarian just like walking. <laughs> oh, his feet nose are weird. Fl- nose flapping back and forth. <laughs> Why does he have Wado, like Watto is totally someone that would start uh, riding on a um, Segway. <laughs> I, 
I am imagining Watto in like the Leonardo DiCaprio me. <laughs> his flaccid <laughs> nose smacking. Make it, he's making it. God. <laughs> so, listeners, <laughs> if you want to answer this week's uh, question, <laughs> you can tweet us at Rogue Podron on Twitter. Our website is roguepodron.com. Our email is roguepodron at gmail.com. Uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash roguepodron. If you want more content like Watto's feet, I guess uh, you get episodes early, which is a, a perk I, I never I don't think that's the comparison we should be making. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always forget to mention the perks, but yeah, you get episodes early, you get access to our Discord where you can just be absolutely chaos with us. Um, there is no bonus also- feet content. <laughs> I mean, I can be. make some bonus feet content. Yeah, like unless you, give us, unless you give us a lot of money, there's no bonus feet content. <laughs> yeah, if you give us money and that's what the people want, we'll make sure that bonus star wars feet content happens want to clarify that star wars feed i will make a video ranking the top 10 feet in star wars oh my god please oh do. can we do that actually but that'll that'll <laughs> just be a patreon exclusive yes it'll be a patreon exclusive video top 10 feet in star wars <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you can listen to us on your favorite podcatcher uh please or through water also bulba no <laughs> uh please like and subscribe Click that little bell for updates. Five through ten are Dexter's Make Dexter. sure to fucking smash that like button. <laughs> uh, smash that review button and leave us a review, please. Thank you. What smash if Dexter Chester walked around like a caterpillar? What if they're all legs? Get me out of here, Meg, please. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like a millimeter. <laughs> what if no. Grievous walked around like a caterpillar? <laughs> He does. That's how he runs around. Grievous right, learned you- it from Dexter Jetster. <laughs> oh, God. Me sure Grievous saw question. Dexter Jetster and was like, I need forearms. Yeah. <laughs> Future listener question has to be, pick a Star Wars character and make them walk a different way. <laughs> Weird. Maybe Yoda just walks on hands. <laughs> maybe not a, maybe not a great audio only question. <laughs> oh, shit, that is a bad audio only question. <laughs> anyway. Next time, please join us for Rogue Podron. We will be going over Two Princess, Two Scoundrel, chapters 25 through 30. So until then, this is Rogue Podron signing off. Pash out. This is NPR, National Public Radio. Subscribe to your local stations. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>